Cade Mila Falta. Welcome to the Letter from Ireland show, where we travel in the footsteps of your Irish ancestors, visiting their homelands and telling their stories as they put down roots in so many places around the world. Hello, and you are very welcome to the Letter from Ireland podcast. This is Mike Collins, and today we're going to have a distinctly nautical theme to our show for the next 30 minutes or so. We're going to have two very interesting stories, uh, each of a different individual, and some very, I think, some very nice sea shanty themes along the way as well. Now, today's episode is called Holland and Brown, Two Irish Giants of Naval History. And the two gentlemen actually were born around about 70 years apart or thereabouts. Uh, John Philip Holland in County Clare and William Brown in County Mayo. And each went on to have a rather unique and very, very special and very, very interesting life. And I think you'll find their stories quite fascinating. Now, a confession on my part. I got to admit that, first of all, I never really heard much about William Brown, for example, until I went travelling through County Mayo one day and came across the village of Foxford where there was a statue and a lot of kind of, I suppose, kind of talk about his presence there. So I dug in a little bit deeper. I was absolutely fascinated with the story that I actually uncovered. Now, the second gentleman, uh, John Philip Holland, again, is one of those stories, I think, you know, his his name has kind of gone down, if you pardon the pun, uh, because he was actually one of those people responsible for the first submarines. But his name has actually gone down a little bit too far in history. But again, it's one of those stories when you dig in a little bit deeper, I think you'll actually find it really, really fascinating like I did. So Karina's going to join me today and read those two stories. But I think we're going to start off with a very particular favourite sea shanty of mine from the Clancy Brothers in this case, and it's called The Mermaid. It was Friday morn when we set sail And we were not far from the land When our captain he spied a mermaid so fair With the comb and the glass in her hand And the ocean waved to roll And the stormy winds blew blow And we poor sailors are skipping at the top While the landlubbers lie down below, below, below While the landlubbers lie down below Then up spoke the captain of our gallant ship And a fine old man was he This fishy mermaid has warned me of our doom We shall sink to the bottom of the sea And the ocean wave to roll And the stormy winds do blow And we poor sailors are skipping at the top While the landlubbers lie down below, below, below While the landlubbers lie down below Then up spoke the mate of our gallant ship And a fine-spoken man was he Saying, I have a wife in Brooklyn by the sea And tonight a widow she will be And the ocean waves do roll And the stormy winds do blow And we poor sailors are skipping at the top While the landlubbers lie down below, below, below While the landlubbers lie down below 
Then up spoke the cabin boy of our gallant ship, and a brave young lad was he. Oh, I have a sweetheart in Salem by the sea, and tonight she'll be weeping for me. And the ocean waves do roll, and the stormy winds do blow, and we poor sailors are skipping at the top, while the land lovers lie down below, 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 while the land lovers lie down below. Then up spoke the cook, a far gallant ship. And a crazy old butcher was he. I care much more for my pots and my pans than I do for the bottom of the sea. And the ocean waves do roll, and the stormy winds do blow. And we poor sailors are skipping at the top, while the land lovers lie down below, 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 while the land lovers lie down below. Then three times round spun our gallant ship, and three times round spun she. Three times round spun our gallant ship, and she sank to the bottom of the sea. And the ocean waves do roll, and the stormy winds do blow, and we poor sailors are skipping at the top, while the land lovers lie down below, below, below. I recently asked our readers on the letter from Ireland, do you see yourself as being Irish? And I was overwhelmed with the responses. The reply was unanimously yes, but also accompanied by so many different perspectives and stories. And here's one from Virginia in Argentina. Here's what Virginia wrote to us. In 2012, I visited Ireland. I don't know if they considered me as Irish, but I really felt at home and I felt Irish. So I don't care if they don't see me like one of them. What really matters is how you feel. So as you said, I consider myself one of our own. Thanks for your letter and best wishes from Argentina. Since then, many of our Argentinian readers have sent me photographs of a small village called Foxford in County Mayo. I notice that a visit to Foxford is often on their Irish ancestry wish list. You see, Foxford is a village with very special ties to the origin of the state of Argentina. A while back, we made our way up to North Mayo and stopped off in that tidy and pretty village of Foxford. Perhaps you know it, and maybe you've even travelled there. Today, it's mostly a fishing village located on the banks of the River Moy and near Loch Con. Our reason for stopping was to visit the Admiral William Brown Museum, and this is located in the village centre. It's full of memorabilia and pictures, all associated with one particularly famous son of Foxford, William Brown. We stayed for an hour as we were given a great tour by our museum guide, Margaret Henry. Would you like to hear more about this Admiral William Brown? Let me briefly recount his story. Starting with an extract from the book, Admiral William Brown... Liberator of the South Atlantic by Marcus Aguinas. 
And here's what Marcus wrote about William Brown. On the 15th of March, 1814, South America's future hung in the balance as Brown led a rebel fleet into battle against the Spanish Royal Navy. His ship holed 80 times. A quarter of his men were dead or wounded, but Brown ordered his piper to play St. Patrick's Day in the morning as he led a final desperate assault. Now that's gripping and heroic stuff, I think you'll agree. William Brown was born into a poor Catholic family in the village of Foxford back in 1777. I mention his religion as Catholic because at this time it was the time of the penal laws in Ireland, a time when all Irish Catholics were stripped of their right to participate in society at any meaningful level. When William was 10, he travelled to the US with his father to get some work with his father's friend. However, within a month, both William's father and his father's friend had died from a fever. William was alone in the world. He was taken on as a cabin boy on a river steamer and over the following decade he learned his sea craft. He rose to become a captain in the US Merchant Navy. However, he was then press-ganged by the British Navy and forced to serve for the British Crown. He eventually escaped and was imprisoned by the French He then escaped again. He married and emigrated to Argentina, where he started a mailboat business. And shortly after, the Spanish Navy destroyed his ship. So he was appointed commander-in-chief of the newly formed Argentine Navy. Brown was a man that led from the front, achieving many notable victories over the much more powerful Spanish fleet. When he retired from the Navy, he began 14 years of settled farming life, often surprising visitors by the fact that he worked the land directly with his own hands. Brown was called out of retirement and came back into active duty in wars against both Brazil and Uruguay, leading with his ship 25 de Mayo. I'm sure that he was quite proud of this double entendre, carrying both a patriotic declaration and the name of his home, Irish County, on the stern of his ship. In later years, William Brown visited Foxford in County Mayo in 1847. Now, this would have been at the height of the Irish famine, so God knows what he thought of the scenes that he saw around him. Brown died in his own home in Argentina in March 1857 and he was given a full state funeral. Today, a statue of Admiral William Brown stands in the village of Foxford County Mayo and a similar statue has been placed in Dublin City. But by comparison, in Argentina, there are about 500 statues, a thousand streets, two towns, a city and a number of football clubs, all named in his honour. William Brown, native of Foxford Village County Mayo, who was lost as a young boy in the USA and went on to become a hero of the Argentinian War for Independence. So you see, Virginia's letter reminds us of the one million people of Irish descent in Argentina today. And as she says, Virginia, you are indeed one of our own. (laughs) 
a county mayo town Came a man of great renown As a sailor and a soldier was none bolder He went to America At an early age they say As a cabin boy to sail the wide world over Then adventure took him south To the De La Plata mouth San Martin was on the route in Argentina So three whaling ships he bought And Brazil and Spain he fought And freedom then he sought for Argentina Now Admiral William Brown You're a man of courage shown And in battles fought The odds were all against you But your Irish heart was strong And the memory still lives on And in Ireland there are some that don't forget you On St. Patrick's Day it's told You had many victories bold You defeated all invaders, thugs and bullies Then through the pampas roamed And you found a happy home Las Islas, Malvinas, Argentina had heard of Irish hands in a noble gallant band that helped to free the land called Argentina. He had heard with great acclaim the Patricio's name and fame when in 1806 the British came for slaughter. And to this very day in the Argentine they say the English ran away from Buenos Aires. Islands further down, and they took them for the crown. Las Islas, Malvinas, Argentina. We remember William Brown and his land of great renown. The invader robbed the islands from your country. When in 1833, whereby pirates forced to flee, and in Ireland, sure, we know the story fully. And the people that went to, to the Argentine when you, to escape the English laws and wars and famine. They have proved a loyal crew, just like all the Irish do. Las Islas, Malvinas, Argentina The old colonial days and the cruel English ways With her thunder plunder we will teach the natives For the Brits are gone to war Just like Whitelock did before With her ships and guns and drums and flags and banners In the Empire days of old they murdered for the gold and paraded it around the streets of London. Oh, no human rights were given to the natives dead or living. Las Islas, Malvinas, Argentina. In the Argentine he died, Father Fahim by his side. Fifty-seven was the year his country mourned him. A hero of the nation, he's remembered with the nation throughout the world where freedom still abounds. And the Southern Cross, take note, where bold Willie Bolfin wrote, 
the Irish still support you, Argentina. With the empire tumbling down, let no paddies back the crown. Las Islas, Malvinas, Argentina. With the empire tumbling down, let no paddies back the crown. Las Islas, Malvinas, Argentina. I think you have to really hand it to that group, the Wolf Tones. There's probably not a figure in Irish history that they haven't actually penned a song about. And in that case, of course, we're talking about Admiral William Brown of County Mayo and later of Argentina. So quite an amazing story, I think you'll actually agree. Now we're going to move on from above the waves to below the waves. And we're going to look at the story of another Irish man who was born in Liscanor in County Clare and went on to achieve great things during his lifetime, and is widely associated with the actual uh, birth, I suppose is the word, of the submarine in both the British Navy of the time and the US Navy of the time as well. So I think we'll hand over to Karina now to tell you the full story. A visit to the Cliffs of Moher inspired me to share the remarkable story of one man who was born in a village nearby the Cliffs, and went on to achieve greatness in the world. And this man was called John Holland. The small village of Liscanor is located on the coast of County Clare. If you've ever travelled to the Cliffs of Moher, then you've probably passed through Liscanor. John Holland was born in the little Coast Guard's cottage in 1841 to John Holland Sr. and Mary Scanlon. The commercial success of Liscanor, a busy trading port, called for a heavy Coast Guard presence during the early 1800s and John's father was one of the many Coast Guards posted along this stretch of the County Clare coast. When you hear the Irish surname like Holland, you might wonder where on earth did that name come from and did the family originate in Holland? Well, John Holland was born Sean O'Hulacon and did not speak English until attending school at the age of five. The Irish O'Hulacon, meaning descendant of the proud one, was sometimes anglicised in this part of County Clare as O'Hulahan and also sometimes anglicised as Holland. But back to John. He attended the Christian Brothers School in nearby Innistimon and excelled in mathematics and sciences. The ethos of the brothers must have made a strong impression on this young man because he joined the order as a novitiate in 1858 and then he started to teach under the new title of Brother Philip. During his time as a teacher, he showed a huge talent for mechanical invention and inspired many of his students to study drawing and mathematics. One example of his inventiveness is luckily recorded from 1865. And it goes, Brother Philip constructed a mechanical dock resembling an ordinary dock that could walk about and when you put it into the water could swim, dive and come to the surface again. Wouldn't that have been an exciting lesson to have learned from your teacher? It was also during this time that he started to seriously consider designs for a submersible boat. 
Although teaching suited John Holland, eventually he realised that the religious life was not for him. He was due to take his final vows in 1873, but instead he left the order and emigrated to the USA with his brother. He arrived in the US and secured a post as a teacher in Patterson, New Jersey. But unfortunately, he broke his leg shortly after arrival and was laid up for a number of weeks. It was during this forced rest that his thoughts returned to his designs for a submersible boat. And he came up with the working design for what we now know as a submarine. His design was initially backed by the Fenian Brotherhood in the USA. They saw Holland's design as a novel way to strike at the British forces in Ireland. He developed a working prototype that was known as the Fenian Ram. However, disagreements broke out and Holland went his own way. In his mid-50s, he took a major career turn. Holland resigned his job as a teacher to become a draftsman with an engineering firm, which would allow him to focus on bringing his designs into the world. He also married Margaret Foley in Brooklyn and they started a family together. In 1888, the US Navy announced a competition for the design of a submarine. Holland's design won, but it was not constructed until 1893 when Holland won a later competition. His Holland V1 design was launched in 1897 and trialled over the following year. As well as designing the USS Holland, his designs were used to produce the HMS Holland, the first submarine in use by the British Royal Navy. Now I wonder what the Fenians would have made of that. Holland was first and foremost a designer and an inventor and possessed neither the canniness of a commercial businessman or the organization of a manager. So he was eventually nudged out of the submarine business by his original backers. He later spent some years tackling the problem of manned flight, but he was beaten to that one by the Wright brothers. His designs were good, but he didn't have the right backing to get them off the ground, so to speak. John P. Holland's remarkable life ended in 1914. Just as the First World War saw his submarine designs used in battle for the first time. He was buried in New Jersey where his headstone reads, John P. Holland, father of the modern submarine. Born Liscanner, Ireland, 1841, died New Jersey, USA, 1914. Designer of the US Navy's first submarine, USS Holland. So when you next get to visit the Cliffs of Moher, do take a moment to look into that wild sea below and remember the local man, John P. Holland, who came from a very modest background, but achieved so much during his life. Stars out to play love On a spring very night Call of the curlow Oh, the willow is blind Sunset or moonbeam 
watch the flames in the fire. There we had Box the Vox with Liscanner Bay. One of those songs, one of those tracks, when I heard it first at least, I wasn't sure about it, but over time it really worked its way into into being a very, very pleasant track to listen to and very evocative of the place itself as well. Um, Liscanner, of course, being that place that gave us Holland and uh, eventually the submarine itself. Beautiful little village there, uh, just below the actual um, the Cliffs of Moor in County Clare. So if you've ever gone that way, you've probably true, passed through Liscanner at some stage. So many thanks to Karina there for telling the story of Holland and the submarines. And also, of course, admirable, Admiral even, William Brown before that. I do hope you actually enjoyed today's show. Uh, you will find the show notes, if you wish, at a lettermireland.com forward slash 731. That's a lettermireland.com forward slash 731. And if indeed you enjoyed today's show, do take a moment to leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. So if you're listening inside in the forum, listening inside in the webpage, or you're inside in Apple Tunes, do drop down there and give us a brief review. We'd love to hear back from you. So until next week, uh, we'll have more stories from Irish around the world and lots of music to keep you company as well. This is Mike Collins and Slán for now. If you've enjoyed today's Letter from Ireland show, we'd like to invite you to check out our special membership area, The Green Room. You hear us mention it a lot during the show and you can find full details of The Green Room at letterfromireland.com forward slash green room. Our green room is the essential resource for anybody at any stage in researching their Irish heritage because it's where we delve into all the good stuff to help you break down those brick walls and really connect the pieces in your Irish ancestry puzzle. In the green room, you get access to online genealogists, extensive research tools, quick win training, as well as member-only access to johngrenham.com and a very supportive, active community to help you along the way with feedback and advice. The green room is the perfect place to be for anybody starting or continuing their Irish ancestry search. So why don't you come and join us there at a letterfromireland.com forward slash green room. That's it for me, but I'll be back next time with another installment of the Letter from Ireland show. And I really look forward to chatting to you then. Slán Gafol, Karina. <laughs>